It's time for the Hockey Writers Grindline. A weekly show covering everything Detroit Red Wings. Brought to you by our own iconic top line of Wings writers. Sit back and enjoy the grind. Hello, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of The Grind Line here at the Hockey Writers. I'm your host, Matthew Zator, and as always, joined in by my defense partner, Devin Little. Devin, how's it going? We got, what, we're we're into September now. We're September 2nd, and we are closing in this this month. We're going to have hockey to actually watch preseason, but who cares? We love pre- we love hockey. It doesn't matter when it's on. Uh, we got the preseason. We got Traverse City. Lots of fun stuff coming up. So, but it's not here yet. So we still have, <laughs> we, we still have to do these previews and stuff like that. But we're still a ways away. But Devin, how's it going? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'm doing great. You're le- you're exactly right. We're um we're that much closer, but we're still grinding through the uh <laughs> the the preview stuff. We are definitely the gr- we are putting the grind and grind line this off season. Let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> we definitely are. I did stuff to talk about. We keep doing our weekly shows, so we haven't taken a break. We've only taken a break once, maybe. Once or twice, I think, during the off season, but uh, yeah, we're still going at it. And uh, with that, let's get started with the show and our one good, one bad for the past week. Uh, I'll go first. Good, I just said it. It's September. We're we're gonna have hockey this month, so uh, we have Detroit Red Wings preseason. We got, like I said, Traverse City. Lots of fun uh, coverage to do with the prospects, and um, you know, I got I did my Emil Vero one uh, prospect. Unfortunately, he's not playing in Traverse City, but who cares? He's he's still he's still a prospect and playing Grand Rapids. So uh, yeah, that's my good is that we can actually say hockey is going to happen this month, which is which is awesome. And my bad is like I basically just said at the beginning, it, it's still not here yet. We're still a couple weeks away, and uh, we're still going to be talking about this and previewing this stuff. But we probably will have like maybe a preview of Traverse City. We can start talking about a bit closer to it. But uh, that's still a bad because we still can't watch hockey and uh, we're still anticipating. All right, Devin, now what do you got for a one good, one bad? My one good for the week is going to be the establishment of the PWHL, the Professional Women's Hockey League. Um, Exciting times, exciting, you know, just overall exciting. Love to see the game grow, Um, especially, you know, having the opportunity to highlight uh, all the women athletes out there. Um, and then the one bad is that there isn't a PWHL team in Detroit quite yet. Um, only 10 teams, I believe. Um, but Hey, just like the NHL, um, or the NHL started with eight teams. It's at 32 now. So there's always room for growth. And I'm sure that the, uh, the women's league will be growing over time as well. Yeah. I was disappointed not to see Vancouver on that list as well, or somewhere around Vancouver. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's exciting to see where all these like star women, uh, will go because that Sarah nurse, uh, mm-hmm. you've got, uh, that's the only one that came to my mind right off the top. <laughs> like there's <laughs> other, ones. um, uh, but you know, these, these star athletes that are going to be, we only see them in, you know, the international tournaments, usually hopefully the TV coverage is pretty good for these. Um, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, TSN or in Canada picks it up and, um, mm-hmm. yes. And in the States, I'm hoping that some of these major networks get on board and we're not even just 
scrounge for watching these games. I'd love to watch the games. So uh, we'll see how that all kind of plays out as they get this all organized. Cause they still have to get the teams together and picking uh, the, what do they call it? I guess they call it a expansion draft as well to, to it's, it's like a beginning draft. Like beginning draft. It's, what did they call it like, when they started? The... <laughs> like, like a, it's, it, it's like a fantasy league where like you start out with nothing, right? Like that's, this, it's kind of, kind of cool. You, yeah. you, you don't really see that. Right. Yeah. That's going to be fun to follow and see how that all, all goes. So, but yeah, that's definitely a good, all right. Well, as we get through, we're getting to the end of our Atlantic Division previews here, and uh, we're up to the Ottawa Senators. And as you watch this, there's also an Ottawa Senators season preview out if you are inclined to watch that and get even deeper uh, dive at how the Senators are going to look and how the Red Wings are going to possibly beat them this season, um, because they could be competing with them for a playoff spot uh, as time goes on, because I think they're in that that division in the division in the conference that could potentially be in the wild card discussion. So this is going to be a pretty good preview to see how they kind of match up. So let's start with, as we always have done, let's start down the middle with the senators and they are at pretty deep. I mean, I would say at least for the two top two lines, you got Tim Stutzla, who's established himself as a pretty good player in the NHL. He almost had hundred points last season. Uh, you know, Josh Norris injured for most of last season, but he's a pretty good uh, scorer. He's proven that in the past. Um, right now, as as the cat friendly is showing, Shane Pinto is centering the third line and Mark Kastelek is centering the fourth line. So, uh, Devin, what do you think about the Senators matching up with the Red Wings? Uh, because as I say they, they have pretty good two centers, I think, leading the way. Yeah, no, for sure. Um... I think that how you feel about um, their their center death compared to Detroit's might honestly come down to how you feel about the debate of Stuchla or Larkin. Yeah. Um, you know, the top centers, go figure. Um, I And for what it's worth, they're both really good, really good players, both really good top centers. Um, and if you're, uh, you know, maybe even looking for more of a... Um, you know, in-depth comparison on the two of them. Um, Stuchel is kind of like that that playmaker that competes his butt off, and that's that's Dylan Larkin. I could see if if Brady Kachuk wasn't already, like, entrenched in Ottawa as the captain, I wouldn't be, you know, there, there's another universe out there where Stuchel is uh, potentially their captain. But yeah. uh, in this universe, he's not. Um, I personally, I, I think right now, entering this season... I would pick Larkin over Stuchla just barely. And I think that that gap can definitely be overcome because Stuchla is six years younger than Larkin. Um, and there's a lot of room for him to grow. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he has um, maybe even more of a breakout year than he's already had. Um, so like, like I said, Larkin right now, but you know, stay tuned on that one. <laughs> and then as you get down the depth chart here, it's kind of a similar story where um, the Senators guys, whether it's, um, you know, Pinto or um, Norris, they're younger guys, right? Younger guys that maybe aren't proven, but have a ton of potential and have at least shown flashes of uh, some really good potential and really good uh, ability at the NHL level. And then you have the Red Wings group, which are more veteran, you know, Comfer, Cop, um, those guys, even Valeno. 
um, who don't have the same upside as um, the Senators guys. They're also just older. Um, but there's maybe more of like a certainty factor in that you know what you're getting out of them. Um, and, you know, Cop and Comfort specifically, they have that versatility where they can kind of play anywhere in the lineup and they can um, they can play a defensive role and whatnot. Um, I think if 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 I'm looking long term, I like Ottawa's group more. Um, they're just younger, right? Um, and that's you know not to downplay the fact that the Red Wings have Casper and Danielson in the system, but they're not. You know, we we can't talk about them right now. That's that's forecasting. Um, entering the season, I give a slight edge to Detroit, but I think if we were to check in on it halfway through the season, I wouldn't be surprised if I were to say that um, Ottawa's group was a bit better. Yeah, I mean, especially Norris, him coming back, hopefully he's fully healthy because, like I said, he didn't play all last season. And uh, he's only 24 years old, too. So mm-hmm. he still has a lot of that potential still coming. And Pinto uh, had a heck of a start last season. Uh, it was in the conversation of the Calder right r- very early on. It just looked like he was scoring like couldn't stop, <laughs> couldn't stop scoring. But then he tailed off and uh, still ended the season pretty good. But um you know just didn't keep scoring so i mean he he's not he's not fully solidified as a, as the third line center going in but you got guys like ridley greg potentially could get in there as well so uh but yeah it, they are definitely a younger group that could potentially you know have more potential in, in the future right so we'll see how it all kind of uh goes as 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 time goes on Right, the wingers, you already mentioned Brady Kachuk. Uh, you got Vladimir Tarasenko added in the offseason at free agency. They got Drake Batherson, who's, a, again, an up-and-coming star, uh, still only 25 years old. Uh, Kubelik added from the Red Wings. Uh, they got Matthew Joseph, Zach McEwen, Parker Kelly, other guys kind of thrown in there. Um, what do you think about the Red Wings compared to the Senators on the wing? I think out of all the wingers that we've kind of compared here, I think this is like the closest comparison um, because the uh, the Senators have their, you know, high-end guys. You know, you've got your Kachucks, your Giroux, your Tarasenko's that, and your Bathersons for that matter, um, that you can kind of um, write in ink that mm-hmm. they're going to be top in the, in the top six and they're going to be capable and they're going to um, do what you expect of them. And you look at the Red Wings guys and, you know, you see Lucas Raymond, you see Alex Dabrinkit, who, you know, obviously came from the Senators, um, David Perron and Jonathan Berggren and, and others. And you can see that, like, they both have veterans that, like, have been there, done that, and are consistently um, productive in their time in the NHL. And they have the younger guys where it's like, you know, could they explode this year? You don't know. There's all this upside. Um, and then as you get down the lineup, it's it's a mix of guys with upside. It's a mix of guys with some physicality and can bring that sandpaper to the lineup. Um, and just guys that are kind of like value guys. Like I think a Kubelik is kind of a value guy for them because I don't know if he's going to be in their top six, probably more of a middle six guy. Um, maybe even bottom six, depending on how the lines shake out, right? But I think that's good value to have down the lineup. And I think that... Um, that's kind of like where Kubalik was for the Red Wings last year. And that's kind of where we've been talking about Bergeron maybe being. Um, and then we even, you know, maybe Marco Casper makes the team and maybe he can be in the middle six and uh, provide some upside there. 
Um, this is close. Uh, like, like I said, um, I think that, oh man. Um, I think that the senators have maybe one more of those like high end guys in the top six than the Red Wings do. Um, the Red Wings don't have a guy like Brady Kachuk. They just don't. Um, and I think maybe that's kind of a, um, a tiebreaker for them here. Um, but this, like I said, this is close. I think I give a slight edge to Ottawa and I think it's because of the presence of a, uh, of a guy like Kachuk. Yeah. It sounds like the same, uh, what we talked about when we were talking about the Panthers. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Right. <laughs> same thing. Like don't have the same, same players. And these guys are different types of, uh, of forwards that Red Wings just, unfortunately they just don't have those guys. And, um, you know, they may have one in the future. Who knows? I mean, I don't know if they really have anyone in the system that could potentially be that, but, uh, yeah, they just don't have that guy. And yeah, I do agree. I think they do have a, you know, I forgot mentioning Giroux in there. He can also play center. So he's also in that, yeah. that center discussion, I guess, as well. So, um, you know, they do have a lot of high end talent and that's why this is going to be an interesting battle throughout the season because, they are really close in the wing in at forward. So yeah, it's going to be fun to see how, how they all kind of play against each other throughout the seasons. As long as everyone is healthy, you can see how they match up. Right. Defense. Now the defense is, is again, this is an interesting group between the two. Uh, you got, you know, the senators there, they added Jacob Chikrin last season. Uh, they have Thomas Shabbat, who's arguably a top, pairing defenseman on most teams. Uh, and then you got Jake Sanderson up and comer 21 years old. Uh, you know, Arden, Arden Zub is a pretty good, uh, he's 27 now, but he's probably in his prime years now. Eric Brandstrom a little bit, you know, he's a little, is interesting in Ottawa. He's not very, he's up and down. They're not sure what they have with this guy. And then uh, Hamannick kind of rounds out. Uh, he's that veteran physical uh, guy and then there's they got a young guy too Jacob Bernard Docker who's who could potentially be in that mix as well uh how do they match up like I think one thing with them is I think they have a similar one to the Red Wings at the top um especially with Chikrin and Shabbat you got uh you know Cider and Wallman I think again Cider is probably comparable to Shabbat um but better defensively maybe um, what do you think about the, the Red Wings defense compared to the Senators? Um, I, I, I like, I like that thought there about comparing um, Detroit's top guy to Ottawa's top guy in the blue line. Um, I so little little tidbit about me. I actually low key really like um, Ottawa's blue line group, um, and it's because especially after adding Chikrin, I think that kind of like pulled everything together. Yeah. Um, Shabbat's kind of an underrated guy across the league. Um, he's not like, he's never going to win a Norris trophy, I don't think, but he's, uh, he's very capable and very uh, deserving of the, uh, the role he's had. And he's also like kind of been forced into being their top guy for a while yeah. while they were fig like doing the rebuild and whatnot. Um, so he's got a lot of, uh, let's just say a lot of bags under his eyes because of what he's had to go through, but he's kind of on the other side of it now. And he's, he's like the, on the uh, um, undisputed leader on the, on the back end there. Um, Chikrin really savvy get out of Arizona, especially the price they paid. Mm -hmm. um, 
and he's in his prime or entering his prime, depending on how, how you want to look at it, 25. Um, and then Jake Sanderson is, uh, you know, looking at the rookie class from last season, I think he's one of the more underrated guys too, because um, he, he didn't really pop off in terms of offense, but he showed he could belong on the blue line at a, uh, at a very young age. And that's hard to do. Um, and then even there's, there's other guys with upside, you know, you talked about Jacob Bernard Docker and Eric Brandstrom. There's, there's guys that can continue to get better in this group. And that's already complimenting the guys that we already know are good in Shabbat and Chikrin. So, mm-hmm. um, like I said, I like their blue line a lot. Um, the Red Wings, um, in a few years, I'd like to think that this is what their blue line is going to look like, where they have their established guys like Cider and uh, Wallman and, um, you know, maybe an Edvinson at that point. But then that's kind of the point there is that the kids will be also there. You'll have, you know, an Edvinson. Maybe that's a comparable to Sanderson. Mm-hmm. Um, Albert Johansson, William Wallander, uh, um, uh, Sending Pelica. Um, these guys are coming, but they're not there yet. Um, so again, like I talked about with the forwards and the centers, where like a few years from now, I think the senators might have that kind of locked down. I think in a few years from now, I think Detroit might have that locked down. But I, uh, I still even then, even three years down the road, Shabbat's only be twenty nine, Chikrin twenty eight, mm-hmm. um, Sanderson twenty four. So, um, yeah. I, long story short, I like Ottawa's. Uh, defense better than Detroit's mm-hmm. um, and it's just because you know as good as Cider is as good as Wallman is you know you get down the rest of their blue line and there's some good guys there don't get me wrong but there's just not the same amount of upside and not the same amount of um, it's not the same amount of excitement that I mm-hmm. get out of that group that I get when I look at um, Ottawa's group so um, give it time but as far as this year's concerned I think Ottawa takes this mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the thing is, is with Chikrin compared to Wallman, if you're you know comparing the top pairing, uh, it's the thing is, is Wallman's not established as a top pairing. Yeah, he was good last season. Like he really paired well with Cider, but you can't say he's like legit top pairing defenseman on any team. While Chikrin probably on you know, most teams, he's at least a top for sure, top four. Um, yeah. But I mean. That and that's why he was so widely, you know, sought after at in all these trades. A lot of teams wanted this guy because of how good he is two-way defenseman. So um, yeah, I do agree. I think for established defensemen, and you know, nothing nothing against guys like like uh you know um Petrie and stuff like that, because these guys are established NHLers, but uh, you know. Austin Spare and Justin Hall. These guys are all good defensemen, but like you said, I think the upside and maybe the is a bit better this season. So we'll see. We'll see how they match up. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> overall, I think the I think the Red Wings' defense is a bit weaker uh, than Senators for at least right now. But like you said, in the future that may change for sure. Right now, the goaltending is I think pretty close, and you have you know Billy Huso. Against Jonas Corposalo, who kind of broke out of his, when you say mini slump, I guess, uh, play, you know, in LA, looked really good. And now he's in Ottawa uh, under a $4 million contract. It's okay. It's more than that mid range. Uh, and they got Anton Forsberg as the backup. 
youngerish maybe uh he's 30 he's not really young anymore i thought he was still pretty young he's actually younger he's actually older than corpus Allo, uh by a year um what do you think about the tandems uh, between these two teams well um i i do agree i think it's actually pretty close um and i think maybe the thing that differentiates them is rhymer and just the fact that he's 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 older than anybody that we're going to talk about here. Yeah, <laughs> and he also just has more of a track record, right? Um, but I don't think Rhymer is what really, you know, tips the scales one way or another. Um, the way I kind of look at it, I kind of look at this as Ottawa having two Husos, um, whereas Detroit has the one, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and the reason why I say that is because um, Huso's proven that he is capable of being a starter in spurts at the very least. Um, we have a lot of hope entering this season that he's going to be able to be a starter, not just in spurts, but just the whole way. Um, but that's kind of the point is that he's not proven that he can be consistently the guy, um, but he's still good enough that like, there's some confidence there. And then you have, and then you have good depth uh, after him with Reimer and Lyon. Whereas with Ottawa, you know, like you just said there, Matt, um, Corpus Allo has looked good at times. He's also looked really bad at times. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked really good in Columbus this year and that or it's past year. And that led to him being traded to the Kings. And he looked pretty good with the Kings as well. And that earned him a nice, uh, nice big paycheck from the uh, senators. And now they have to hope that he is that guy and not the guy from the, uh, the previous season. Cause the guy from the previous season, um, probably belonged in the AHL, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, and then you have uh, Anton Forsberg, who is another one of those underrated guys across the league because he's actually been pretty solid his, more or less his entire career. He just mm. doesn't, um, he's always behind somebody on the depth chart. He's always um, um, just not the guy and not in a position to be the guy. And even like when there are times for him to really, you know, carry the mail and be the guy, um the consistency is just not there or, you know, just it. it eh. Um, but at the end of the day, he's still a really good quality goaltender. And I, I think that um, I wouldn't be surprised if this year Forsberg wound up getting more starts than Corpus Allo, even though Corpus Allo is getting paid a heck of a lot more. Um, and it's just because, you know, there's, we don't know about either of them. Both of them mm-hmm. can be good. Both of them can be not that good. So um, there's, like I said, they have two Husos. Um, and I think that the low end of their Husos is maybe a little bit lower than Detroit's Huso, the actual Huso, OG Huso, if you will. Um, <laughs> but um, then the backup battle is, you know, I guess it depends on how you feel about that. Um, I Maybe this is my, my bias of watching the Red Wings more than I watch the Senators. Um, I'm going to pick the red wings on this mm-hmm. one i Huso, you know we've talked about this plenty of times Huso was a uh a bona fide mvp candidate through the end of november last season um i don't think well no corpus Sala was definitely an mvp in that one series against tampa bay back in the day um but that was that was back in the bubble that was a while ago yeah <laughs> uh, um so he hasn't he hasn't played like that since then but um i guess case in point is that i've seen more from Huso more recently than any of the other guys we're talking mm-hmm. about here. Um, and I also just think that um, 
I trust his ability. I, I trust in him to like round back into form, maybe more so than I do Corpusello mm-hmm. or Forsberg. Um, but this is close. This is like really, really close. I'm just siding on Detroit here because I just, like I said, I have more familiarity with Huso and I, uh, um, what what I have seen out of Ottawa's guys has been very hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it I agree with that, and it's it's a weird and it's, I don't know. It's interesting. You've got Corpus Allen and Forsberg are both were both former Blue Jackets draft picks. They both played in Columbus too. <laughs> <laughs> they got a blue jackets tandem <laughs> i didn't realize that i'm like i'm pretty sure forsberg was a blue jackets draft pick too and he was um yeah so it's it's gonna be interesting and forsberg's coming off a really bad injury too broke both or i broke uh his mcl is <laughs> were uh done his knees are just were wrecked so i don't know we'll see if, if he can bounce back from that injury because uh, that's a pretty bad one uh, to come to re- rehab and come back from. So uh, we'll see how he does this season. Okay. Well, there's our, our preview for the senators. I it's, it's going to be, I think what we kind of looked at is that the forwards are what you said it was better or Red Wings was uh, better. there. centers were better in defense goaltending Red Wings. So I guess the Red Wings are better, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, this door off the rush. How do you feel feel they're gonna fare against the Senators this season? Uh you know, I'm gonna say they're gonna fare well because of how things ended against the Senators last season. They had that those back-to-back games right before the trade deadline, and Ottawa just bullied them through mm-hmm. both games. Um, I think that everybody who was on the team last year has those games kind of stored away in the memory bank. Um, even uh, Coach Derek Lalone has mentioned that recently about how that was like a turning point of them like, all right, yeah, we are going to sell this year. We can't make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and so I think that when they play Ottawa, they're gonna um, they're be coming out with a vengeance. They need to, you know, um, prove that they're not that soft team anymore that can just get pushed around. And also, you know, like we kind of mentioned, Ottawa and Detroit are like right in the same category within the Atlantic Division. So, um. You know, if if one of them is going to make the playoffs, they have to be they're in direct competition for those spots. So there's plenty of motivation for the Red Wings to, um, you know, really take it to Ottawa when they play them. So I'm going to say Detroit's going to um, show why show why they went out and got all that muscle and Alex to ironically from Ottawa. Um, and, uh, you know, what they're money with their mouth at basically yeah it's uh yeah it's fun it's that's going to be the first thing is you're gonna with the brinkett uh versus kubalik i guess uh, in the first game against the senators so uh, we'll, we'll see how how they they do their first uh their first meeting which is that's what i'm looking up right now is quite quickly uh they're playing them their first game october 21st so uh and that is first in Ottawa. the season so it's uh, at 10 at, uh, yeah. So it's going to be really early on. We'll see them. So that, and, that's and you, and you know, that Ottawa will be doing everything they can to shut, to bring it down given, you know, how, how things transpired there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how that plays out basically. Yeah. 
yeah, we'll see. They they've got actually a pretty good slate of uh, Atlantic Division teams to start. They got the Lightning to second game of the season, and then uh, the Blue Jackets in there. You got that's the Metro, but yeah, they 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 got some uh, some Eastern Conference uh, right away to get going. So we'll we'll see how how they all start the season. All right, let's um. Well, before we get to our next half, which we're going to talk about a couple of player previews quickly, uh, we got to pay the bills. So here's a message from the Hockey Raiders. Interested in writing for the Hockey Raiders? If you have experience writing about hockey, are passionate about the sport, and are looking to take your writing to the next level, the Hockey Raiders could be the place for you. Here at THW, you will have the opportunity to hone your craft at one of the world's largest and most respected hockey publishers. You will have control over what you write, be able to seek out media credentials, and be supported by a large network of writers and editors. Plus, you'll get paid for doing it. If you're interested and want to know more about team openings and requirements, please visit the Write for THW page on the Hockey Raiders website. A link to that page is also listed in the description all right uh as we continue our player previews we're gonna we're gonna shoot out two of them here and uh a forward and a defenseman so we're gonna start with uh veteran david perron who had his first season with the red wings last season um pretty good pretty good season he had 24 goals uh just an alternate captain as well uh 56 points all played all 82 games so that uh, wasn't injured at all um, had some injury problems the previous season. So uh, it's great that he had a full season with the Red Wings. So uh, Devin, what do you expect from uh, Perron this season? Uh, to put it simply, uh, more of the same, really. Um, 24 goals and 56 points last year with the Red Wings playing primarily with Dylan Larkin. That was his most um, most common line mate there. I don't know if that's going to be the case this season. Obviously with Debrinket coming in. Um, he still might get some time on the opposite wing because I think he can he could he could fill that role. Um, but my point there is that I don't know if he's going to play as much or in in has uh, as high of a role as he did last year, and it's probably for the best because he is 35 years old now, um, and that tends to be around the time where players start to, um, you know, enter the back, you know, the the down years of their career. Basically, um, I'm not saying that. Perron's going to completely fall off. In fact, I wouldn't, like I said, I expect more of the same because I think he's capable of it, especially if he's going to be played lower in the lineup. Um, he, 20 goals, 50 points. Um, that's kind of where I'm setting the benchmark. If he falls a little short in either category, that's fine um, because I don't think that they, they need him to be a star for them. I think that they just need him to be a good veteran, um, good veteran leader. And a solid, um, solid piece in like their middle six that can contribute um, on offense and you know on special teams. Um, I think that one little thing I will th- throw out there too about Perron is that if the Red Wings fall short of their their goals this year and they're kind of out of the playoff race when it's trade deadline season, I think Perron is kind of a slam dunk to be uh, in trade rumors and mm. on the move. Um, like I said, he is 35 years old. I'm sure he wants to be playing for a cup, um, you know, in the final years of his career. Um, and I'm sure that under the right circumstances, the Wings can get something nice for him. So um, if he is a, he's either going to be a leader that helps Detroit, um, you know, push for the playoffs this year, or he's going to end up being a solid trade piece um, that helps another team push for the mm-hmm. cup. So um Yeah. Long story short, more of the same, and hopefully he's uh, 
he's still wearing red at the end of the season. I was about to say that he's on his, yeah, he's only signed a two-year deal uh, in free agency last offseason. So it is his final is in contract year. So, um, yeah, I was going to say about this trade that he could potentially be traded at the deadline uh, if the Red Wings are inclined to do so because they're out of the playoffs or whatever. Hoping that's not the case. But, uh, yeah, he could definitely be that type of, he's probably the perfect rental uh, because veteran plays in the playoffs, plays really well in the playoffs uh, as well. So he's a guy that would probably garner a lot of interest from those contenders uh, to try to grab some scoring. So uh, we'll see what happens with him. Hopefully he does have a good season and the Red Wings have a good season that uh, he's still here at the end of the season. Um, Right. So. All right, moving on to our defenseman, Jake Wallman. We've already mentioned him in this episode already, but uh, and we've also mentioned him quite a bit <laughs> this season uh, in this offseason. So um, had a good season last year, nine goals, 18 points, uh, paired really well with Sider, as we've said. Um, but yeah, he's a definite uh, bright spot on this Red Wings team, especially with the trade that they got him when he was just a throw-in, really, uh, and then they did get him. So he end, he's ending up being a pretty core, good core piece of this Red Wings team. So what do you expect uh, from uh, from Wallman this season? Uh, kind of like Perron, more of the same, but I will also amend that and say uh, more. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, he, you're right, he was a really good fit alongside Cider, but he didn't end up next to Cider until like halfway through the yeah. season. Um and so now the question becomes, you know, what does it look like when he plays with Sider for a full season? Um, it's clear from his point totals. Um, he had nine goals and 18 points in 63 games last year. But he's not going to be like a big points guy. Um, he's 27 years old as much as like you kind of think of him as like a young guy because he just hasn't been in the league that long. He's he's 27. He's in his prime. Hmm. Um so I think that what you see is more or less what you get in terms of his offensive production. Maybe you get a little bit more, you know, with more time in the top line and with cider and whatnot, but um, I'm not expecting him to explode out of nowhere at this point in terms of offense, but that's fine because what made him so, um, so good alongside of cider was his overall predictability. Mm-hmm. Um you know, there were times when Sider was playing with Sherratt where Sherratt would pinch and he'd be, uh, you know, deep in the zone and Sider wasn't prepared to cover. Like, he, you know, there was just, they, they were both gunslingers. And the thing about that is, is uh, you need someone to cover for the gunslinger. And when you have two gunslingers, no one's covering. <laughs> and that's what happened a lot with uh, with Sider and Sherratt. And then Wildman came in and he kind of settled things down. There was some instant chemistry there and Wildman just kind of, kind of uh, was predictable for Sider, and that's what you need. Um, and I think the thing about Wallman, too, is that um, we talk about this with a lot of a lot of different players over, it seems like the last couple of weeks specifically, but um, you you need those, those defensemen that don't show up on the score sheet and you don't even really notice um, because they're just doing the quiet things that take care of the game and make sure the puck don't end, doesn't end up in your in your net. That's what Jake Wallman does. Um, he's uh, he's kind of everything that the Red Wings were hoping that Gustav Lindstrom was going to be. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I digress on that one. Um, 
And I think that's fine. I think that's great. I think that if Wallman can continue to do what he he did last year and maybe take it to another step, that's only going to help Cider more. That's only going to mm-hmm. help the Red Wings more. And, um, you know, we t- we just talked about it when comparing to Ottawa that, you know, you, the further you get down uh, the Red Wings depth chart, the less exciting it is. So the more that Wallman can handle, the more that Wallman and Cider can handle together, um, it's probably for the best because that means that the other guys – aren't on the ice um <laughs> you know i hate to put it like that but um yeah i i i want to see wallman my my hope my expectation is just more of the same maybe a little bit better but my hope for wallman is that by the end of this year um he's kind of well known league-wide as one of the most like underrated defensemen defense mm-hmm. defensive defensemen in the league because um, he just takes care of business and you don't notice him, but he, he does a lot to help his team. And that's exactly what it looked like last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was just, when you're t- describing, I'm like Emil Vero, that's what that's yeah, Emil Vero. Yep, yep. <laughs> but still and, like those types of guys and they, you need them. I mean, that's just to, to compliment uh, the, the guys like cider uh, Quinn Hughes, um, you know, Thomas Shabbat, you know, those types of defensemen that, have a bit more offense to their game. Um, Cider, I think, is better defensively than, uh, you know, a lot of those other two names I mentioned. But uh, I think you do. he definitely needs a guy that can that he doesn't have to worry about. And that we've said that with with Sh- with uh, Sherratt, that he may have be wor- was worried a bit more on the ice when he was like, oh, I don't know, do can I go? Can I, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think that's that's one thing about these guys. They need to not worry. <laughs> they can just be like, I just want to go on instinct. I don't have to, I don't want to worry about my partner uh, screwing up. And that's, I think what Cider got with Wallman that he started feeling more comfortable. He could play his game a bit more. And uh, there you go. Right. But he did play with the Kaiser in his rookie season. It didn't seem to bother him. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure what, maybe that's not true. <laughs> I, if there's, if there's one thing I've gathered from uh, Cider's first two years, it's that, anything you you might like think would work with cider apparently isn't like you would think that DeKaiser would not have worked but boy yeah. did it yeah and then <laughs> and then shira you'd be like i i mean he's close to DeKaiser, right that would work nope <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't know it's interesting but we'll see we'll see if wallman and uh, cider can form a super pairing for the whole season um uh, because they definitely showed it at the end of the last season so hopefully it'll just continue Right off the rush. Now I I kind of at we kind of went through, but do you see David Perron getting traded? Uh even if they're in the playoff race, because it is a guy that would garner some some good assets, even if they're in that mix. Do you, could they survive with trading him? I'm gonna say yes, but the old with with the caveat that a guy like Casper would have to be pushing and like that's how they create room for him, yeah. basically. Um, it, or like Carter Mazur, too. That's another guy that I think could fill a David Perron role. Um, if there aren't, if there isn't somebody that can slide right into that spot, then no. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they have kids knocking on the door, and boy, do we expect they yeah. will be, <laughs> um, then yeah, I think they could definitely survive that move. I think it'd be interesting to see them do that if they're still very much in the playoff race. Um, but hey, you know, they why not have your kick and eat it too? You can be in the mm-hmm. playoffs and still gather future assets. 
yeah, that would be the ideal situation. <laughs> but it, it's hard to give up a guy like Perron because he is a playoff performer too. Because mm-hmm. And of course, you wouldn't want to be trading him to a team that could potentially kick you out of the playoffs <laughs> with yeah. him being added. Very, very tight uh, or tenuous situation there. But we'll see how it all plays out. But thanks, Devin, for uh, joining another episode of the Grind Line. Uh, joining, we talk, you know, talk Red Wings for another week, grinding through this off season. Uh, we are getting closer to talking about actual Red Wings hockey happening. Uh, we have the preseason in what? I say two weeks, three weeks, as we record this. So uh, yeah, it, it's coming up fast. We got, uh, we got, like I say, Traverse City. We're going to start talking more about that while it's going on, which will be fun, and. Uh, yeah, just keep keep following us here. We'll we'll keep grinding the episodes out. Uh, throw those comments in the comment section below. Uh, keep them coming. Uh, we'll start answering more of the questions. Get comment corner back uh, soon. So uh, keep them coming. We'll we'll put them in our our uh, our comment bank there. And uh, follow us at on X Twitter whatever thw grindline uh, and also. <laughs> Give this video a like, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. But of course, if you're watching this, you're probably subscribed to the channel. But if you're joining us for the first time, get you know, hit that subscribe button. And uh, we also got a Detroit Red Wings sub stack uh, that started. At, I said it comes out every day. It doesn't. It's like three times a week, I believe. Uh, but uh, whenever it comes in your inbox, it shows all the all great articles that are through thehockeywriters.com. So if you're not checking out the site, it'll be given you in the morning as well. So check that out. And until next time, we'll see you on another episode of the Hockey Writers Grind.